morning. It is 11.07 on a Froster Buns Friday where we'll let you talk about or ask questions over any topic you choose. Uh, we were just talking about this uh, Memphis uh, deal where these police officers are being charged with murder. I got a message from Andy. He said, Gary, you're absolutely correct on your advice on how to behave when interacting with the police. The problem is that many in minority communities don't believe they are better off to comply. And distrust of the police is so complete that it has become, for some, a part of their culture. This belief, uh, Andy says, uh, that you are better off to try to get the hell away from the police is the problem. And it doesn't seem to do much good to point out that it's not based in factual reality. Well, if you won't take my word for it, well, let's get some advice from a black comedian. Chris have Rock? you ever been face to face with a police officer and wondered, is he about to kick my ass? Well, wonder no more. If you follow these easy tips, you'll be fine. First, obey the law. Laws were made for a reason. Think of them as hints. You heard people say, man, I wouldn't do that shit if I was you. Well, here's some of that shit. Carjacking, armed robbery, arson, selling drugs, buying drugs, stabbing, shooting. You know, you probably won't get your ass kicked if you just use common sense. If you jump a subway turnstile, you might just get off with a warning from the police. But if you jump a turnstile carrying a loaded gun and smoking a joint, then maybe you need your ass kicked. We all know what happened to Rodney King. But Rodney wouldn't have gotten his ass kicked if he had just followed this simple tip. When you see flashing police lights in your mirror, stop immediately. Everybody knows, if the police have to come and get you, they're bringing an ass kicking with them. Here's a no-brainer. If you're listening to loud rap music, Turn that shit off. Blasting the police while you're getting pulled over by the police is just ignorant. When an officer approaches your car, be polite. Is there a problem, officer? <laughs> and stay in your car with your hands on the wheel. What the f do you want, motherfucker? Unless you want your ass kicked. Want to give a friend a ride? Not so fast. Your friend might be crazy. <laughs> now, before you let your friend in your car, ask them these questions. Do you have a gun? Do you have drugs? Do you have any warrants? And in case you do get pulled over by the cops. License and registration, please. Remind your friend to do this one thing. Shut the f*** up. Man, don't give him f What the f*** you want? If you have to give a friend a ride, get a white friend. A white friend can be the difference between a ticket and a bullet in the ass. Here's a tip you should never forget. If your woman is mad at you, leave her at home. Because a mad woman will say anything. He got weed! He got weed! If your woman is mad at you, there's nothing she'd like to see more than you getting your ass kicked. That's my chicken! 
Obey the law. Use common sense. Stop immediately. Turn that shit off. Be polite. Shut the fuck up. Get a white friend. And last but not least, don't ride with a mad woman. If you follow these simple pointers, you probably won't get your ass kicked by the police. There you go. So if you don't want to take my word for it, Chris Rock seems to have laid it out in a rather amusing way. Uh, Froster Buns Friday, 874-9390-800-529-5572 or GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. It'll pop up right here in studio. And uh, we'll talk about men not in the workforce in a minute. Let me go to the phones. Go, because Rick is on the line. Rick, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, um, this news out of uh, Mexico, Missouri is horrible. Um, and, you know, more about the revolving doors of prison. And, uh, you know, there's things going on in Cole County, the city of Jefferson, the state capitol. Um, you know, it's taken four years to get Quantavia Givens to trial for she took the life of a little four-year-old. Everybody knows she did it. Uh, yesterday, Cole County, uh, they convicted one of a shooting crime. He shot and killed someone. It took five years to get him to trial. Now, the 14th, which was before the governor's, the Saturday before the governor's speech, a black rapper from Jefferson City was shot and killed. They had the shooter in custody within 15 minutes, and everything is mom is the word. No story here. Um, there's something really wrong with this, and maybe uh, you could get Mr. Marsh to figure it out. Well, I don't think it's Marsh's job to figure it out, but he could certainly investigate it if he uh, he sees uh, he's, he's an ace news guy. I don't know yeah, anybody well, better. There's something really wrong in Jefferson City and Cole County and even the state capitol that, you know, people are so slowly. Uh, the last word was last Friday about the shooting on the 14th. No charges have been filed. That was the only word. We don't know who did it or why. And here it is, the 27th. All right. Well, Rick, you sent them a message. Appreciate the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Um, I don't have his. I don't have answers for him, but uh, you know, maybe somebody in the news department will uh, will go look it up if they uh, see a story there. Uh, coming up here, in fact, uh, just as a little teaser, apparently a large number of American men between the ages of twenty five and fifty four years old are not working. But wait, there's more. They not only are they not working? They're not looking for work. In 1953, apparently 98% of men in that age range either had a job or they were looking for one. The number apparently has fallen ever since. And right now, there are about 7.2 million men who have just dropped out of the workforce. They're not looking for work. They don't have a job. Why is that? Um, th th there is a, uh, a group out of Washington, D.C. Jay Timmons uh, leads them, uh, the National Association of Manufacturers. 
So we have more jobs than we have people for. About one and a half jobs for every one worker. He uh, Timmons says the uh, all the all the profound problems for the companies he represents. The number one challenge is to find someone to fill these job openings. He said, I never thought I'd be able to say this, but now it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck. we got to fill these jobs that are open. 770,000 manufacturing jobs are open right now. Where are the workers? I'll tell you what they're apparently doing, but you try to figure out why they aren't working. We'll do that next on the Gary Nolan Show on a Froster Buns Friday on the Zimmer Radio Network. 19 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Froster Buns Friday. So, apparently, uh, in this particular age group of men, they're not, uh, there's a huge number of them that simply aren't working. Uh, These are men from 25 to 54 years old, and they are, they're not, they're not working, they're not looking for work. They're just unemployed. In 1953, 98% of men in that age group were working or looking for work. Today, 7 plus million men, they're not working. How are these non-working men between 25 and 54 spending their time on average? Nearly 7 hours every day dedicated to leisure time. Relaxing, playing games, watching TV. According to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics <coughs> from 2021, data also show that men who are not working or looking for work, spending less time caring for other household members like children than men who are at work. Hmm. How is this possible? Uh, uh, This is my question for you. I know that it sounds really simple, but how is this possible? How can millions of men in the prime of their working lives not be working? 25 to 54, that's... You're young and healthy. Why aren't they working? How do they exist In order to live that lifestyle, in order to spend your time seven hours a day uh, relaxing, playing games, and watching TV, you have to have enough money for a TV. Uh, Not to mention either a digital antenna or you got cable or satellite or something. You have internet. How is this possible? Why was it that in the 1950s it was important for men to go to work and today it's not? Not only why is that happening, but how is it happening? You have a theory on this? You're listening to me right now and and in your mind you're imagining some, some young guy sitting on the couch watching TV or playing video games and now you have to imagine... How does he have a couch, much less a TV? Where is he staying? How is this possible? I'm not sure that I even have an answer for this, though I suspect I know what's behind it. I am curious 
What do you think? I mean, Brian is way out of that age bracket, and he's still working. Why are these guys not working? How are these guys not working? Uh, it, there's got to be a reason. Why in 1953 were all these you know men in that age group either looking for work or working? And suddenly you got millions of guys that aren't. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Where are, why are they not working and how are they not working? You, you've got, this has to be an enabled behavior. Somehow they have to be surviving without working. Well, how the hell do they do that? Let me go to the phones here and see what Ted has to say. Ted, enlighten me. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm uh, listening to what you're saying about the, uh, you know, why are these people not working? Uh, we have a niece in California who used to be a social worker. She's, she's stepped away from that now. She's a homemaker. But anyway, um, she got her master's in social work and all that and, and ended up being a caseworker. And this was in a, a uh, Midwest city. I won't, I won't label it, but a big mess, big, big Midwest democratic controlled city. And she's a caseworker. So she goes out to the houses where the, all these welfare recipients are living, uh, houses, apartments, trailers, whatever. And, uh, uh, she sits down with the mothers and uh, she's saying, you know, your kids have got to do better in school. They're failing school right now. They got to do better because when they eventually graduate from high school, they go out and get a job. They have to go out and get a job and, and be self-supporting. And the mother looks at her and says, "You know, nobody in this house has a job." And look at we're living fine. Now, we're living fine. Every every room's got a big screen TV. All the kids have got the latest uh, iPhones. Uh, they've got. Uh, Notepads, they got everything uh, that they need that they want. And the mother looks at our niece and says, you know, why do they need to get a job? You know, we're perfectly content. We don't, you know, we're doing everything we need. Government's supplying us with everything. You know, we got plenty of money. We got, we got food stamps. We got rent, uh, rent subsidies. So the bottom line here, Ted, is the government is encouraging the behavior and rewarding it. Exactly. Exactly. They're saying, you don't need to work. We'll take care of you. Think of us as Santa Claus. So Tell us what you want, we'll give yeah. it to you. So the government is part of the problem. And all of this is disguised as we're trying to help the poor. We don't want them to fall through the cracks. We don't want yeah. the kids to suffer because mom and dad can't find a job. And what's yeah. really yeah. happening at the end of the day is we're paying people not to work. Exactly. But let me let me rephrase what you just said. I don't think government's part of the problem. I think government is the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't argue that. Thanks, okay, Ted. Good. Glad <laughs> to have you on the Gary Nolan show. I've heard that somewhere before. Somewhere, somebody I can't remember. Oh, Ronald Reagan. All right, let me go to the phones here. Scott is on the line. Scott, good morning. How are you? Hey Gary, I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, uh I on the topic we're talking here, uh I think back in 1953, probably before you turned 18, uh, you had a job, 
if you didn't, when you turned 18, mom and dad kicked you out of the house or you went in the military. Nowadays, you got kids, men in that age bracket that are living with their baby mamas and they're they're working and paying the bills or they're still living at home with their moms and their dads. You know, we don't we don't kick them out of the nest like we used to. Uh, I delivered for a large package delivery service for 35 years. Saw a whole lot of that during the days. You'd you'd go to houses and guys would be sitting on the couch playing uh, Xbox or PS4 or whatever. And, you know, the women aren't around. They're all at work. But the guys are just sitting at home living a high life. You remember, my, I don't know if, I know I've said it on the air, my father's saying, man's best friend's a working wife. And apparently yeah. they took well, that to heart. <laughs> right. I think I think some of them have. And I, I think uh, a lot of the younger ones are, I, what I see anyway, they just seem to be lazy, you know. Yeah, but you see, to be lazy, you've got to be enabled. Somebody has right. to make it possible for you to eat dinner at night and still be lazy. Absolutely. And, and I don't know if it's the parents or, like I said, the baby mamas or, you know, what, but they're definitely enabling them to where they don't have to get out and look or, for a job or hold a job. Yep. That's uh, a problem. Scott, I got to run. Thank yes, you sir. for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Kathy, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? You Hi. you had on not too long ago um, a segment, I think, on the failure to launch. Yeah. Was that you? So, basically, I think they're lazy, number one. Number two, there's no work ethic. Number three, they're being paid by the government to sit at home. Number four, what was it? The average age of the failure to launch males is now 38 years old. So, mom and dad aren't kicking them out, and they're just letting them sit there. You know, if I didn't work... uh I would not have been able to marry the woman that uh, that I married. She probably would not have would not have in, in, even gone out with me. Uh, I sincerely doubt these guys are really very much in the dating scene because I <laughs> I don't I don't I don't I think they were just totally disconnected. Well, they apparently are. Um, spending their days uh, watching TV, playing games. But there, it's somebody is enabling them, and it's the government. Uh, I think even more than uh, their women, and any woman that would support their husband uh, because he refuses to go out and work perfectly healthy and doesn't go out and work, she needs a checkup from the neck up, too. Well, it used to be, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. Yeah, but now you can do, you know, you can not work and not only eat, but do it oh, yeah. while sitting on the couch watching TV. Government housing, and now we'll go to the, what is it, guaranteed income? Oh, the minute, yes. Oh, that is a, that's a, that, uh, see, now that's a bun froster. That frosts my butt. Uh-huh, absolutely. Kathy, thank you for the call. Glad You're to have welcome. you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Lord, yeah, that is, uh, that is a problem. All right, callers. Hang on the line. I will get to you, I promise, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, where are these guys at? Why aren't they working? You tell me. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 11.35, so all these guys in the prime of their life aren't working. 
seven plus million, and they're spending their time, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, watching TV, playing games. They're not they're not looking out for other family members. They're just being lumps. Why aren't they working? Historically, these are this is the the prime. This is when you make your money, you make your name, you 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 get ahead, and they're not. Uh, what's you know what's going on? Why was it that in 1953, 90 plus percent, almost 100 percent of men were either working or looking for work? Uh, AJ says, "I'm sure they're working under the table, cash jobs. Majority probably have child support. They're dodging." Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chris says uh, more women are working. Does that mean they're supporting these guys, or does that mean the jobs are being taken? Because statistically, there are millions of jobs that need to be filled. Men are working for cash under the table. A lot of people seem to think that. Uh, disability, none of my business. Well, it's your business, I would think, if you're paying for them to watch TV. Gene, uh, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Good, Gary. How are you today? I am well, thank you. Uh, I think there's a, a few different things here. The the first would be uh, the difference between 1953 and now is integrity. You know, back then as a society, it wasn't ex it wasn't acceptable that uh, you would sit around and do nothing, and you'd be looked down on in your community if you were doing that. Today, we have no integrity in society. I mean, you know, back then you never would have moved in and shacked up with somebody, or if people were doing it. It was it was few and far between. It's it's totally different now. But you're correct. This is an enabled uh, behavior that we have going on. It starts with parents. You know, a lot of parents make excuses for their kids why they can't get jobs instead of it. That, that's easier, Gary, than realizing that they failed as a parent. So, you know, when they're living in the basement at 40 years old, mom and dad don't want to look at themselves and go, man, what, what did I do to cause this? It's, it's easier to pass it off to something else. But the baby mamas is a big thing, but ultimately, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the write-up that someone's done on how you beat uh, the whole system of welfare, but uh, just briefly, I, I've seen it, and it's it's sick, but it's pretty simple. Uh, a guy keeps a, a separate address, he buys a house, he gets a woman pregnant, she can then turn the house that he's bought into government housing through Section 8, and then he moves in there and lives with her, they keep having kids, they get paid by the government for her and the kids, and it enables the guy to do nothing. And, you know, uh, government is the problem because they're stealing our money to support people that have no integrity. Wow, I had no idea that you could do that. Oh, yeah. He, it's, he buys it's, a house, she's only Toledo. I'll have to look yeah. into that. All right. Gene, thank you. You've depressed me a little more today. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Wow. Uh, James, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Um, you know, I don't think about it in terms of the government enabling, but the government disabling. Because, I mean, if, if you think about, like, getting out of poverty requires wealth accrual, but people that are receiving disability benefits are not allowed to accrue wealth. Like, they're only allowed, they're only allowed to have less than $1,000 in a savings account, for example. They're not allowed to have a lot of uh, liquid assets that people who are trying to accrue wealth are allowed to have because if they get those things, then they lose the benefits that they have. And so what happens is it's these safety nets are actually fishnets that people, maybe they had an, a legitimate need for them at one point, but then they get caught in it and they can't get out because, because the things that they've come to depend on 
um, will be taken away if they go and get a job and start accruing some wealth to get themselves out. So the government has actually set the system up to disable these people from working. Yep. And by the way, just so you know, James, because I hate plagiarists, I will... uh, uh, I'm going to be one. I'm going to steal that line because it's perfect and it's brilliant. It's not a safety net. It's a fish net. I yep. like that. Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm glad I could. I'm glad I could uh, do something uh, productive today. Uh, I'm stealing it, James. I'm okay. stealing it. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, Take care, buddy. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I'm stealing that. Isn't that perfect, Brian? And it, it literally is perfect. Yes, it is. Jerry, good morning. How are you? Doing great. Better than I deserve. How are you doing? The same. Um, I just want to make a comment. Uh, me and my dad were comparing uh, paychecks uh, here a while back. Of course, he's been retired for years, decades. But uh, I'm getting close to that. But he looked at my paycheck, and he looked at all the taxes and everything. He couldn't believe it because he said back in the gentleman was talking about 1952-53, we were supporting NATO, Korea War, the United Nothing, and he was paying about 2% of his total pay into a tax, one form of another. Um, food was not taxed in the Midwestern state he lived at the time. Neither was clothing was not taxed. So the 2% of that money that they were getting, they didn't have the money to support all these people. Well, they... Uh they're supporting them now, and I think it's killing the work ethic, and that is a bad sign for our future. Jerry, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Glad, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I, I'm fast running out of time, but I wanted to play this uh, audio from Senator Kennedy. Um, apparently, if you want to be a, a federal judge, you should understand the Constitution, but apparently there are some nominees that uh, really don't quite remember a lot about it. Thank you, Senator Booker. Senator Kennedy. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and congratulations uh, to all of you. Um, judge, on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, In my... 12 years as an assistant attorney general and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, We are the highest trial court in Washington state, so I'm frequently faced with um, issues that I'm not familiar with and I thoroughly review the law, uh, research, and apply the law to the facts presented to me. Well, you're going to be faced with it if you're confirmed. I can assure you of that. Um. Wow, that was awkward. Wasn't it, though? <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's, 
It, it, I don't know. I, 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 at that point, I would think uh, I would ask the the president to sort of <laughs> just drop my name. Okay, I don't want to be here anymore. Article five, by the way, is uh, a way to alter the Constitution. Uh, the way you do it, um, just you want to be a federal judge. You ought to know how how the Constitution works and what it says. Uh, Kennedy just never ceases to amaze me. He just at that down home kind of sound, and you don't think he's as brilliant as he is, and then he just comes out and eviscerates people. Wow. Um, all right, eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. There is a, a professor of biology at Texas Christian University that probably ought not be a professor of biology at Texas Christian University. It is uh, 49 minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. So there is this uh, professor of biology at Texas Christian University. And he told students in his uh, contemporary issues in biology class that he could not give them a biological answer for the word woman. So I'm thinking he's in the wrong profession. I think he should be making pancakes at IHOP or something. Uh, because I am not a professor. I do not have a Ph.D. And I could, I think, pretty clearly define the difference. I would say with the exception of hermaphrodites, if you have testicles, you're a guy. Of, and if you have ovaries, you're a gal. Uh, that that would pretty much clear the issue up. I don't even have a Ph.D. in biology, Brian. I think I did a better job than him. <laughs> I don't know why it's such a difficult question to so many people. Even I, our newest Supreme Court justice doesn't seem to know what it is. Yeah, I uh, have been pretty much able to tell the, uh, the difference... I would say since, <laughs> you know, grade school, maybe younger. I knew my Aunt Helen from my Uncle Ford. I, 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 I knew which was which. How could a biology professor and at Texas Christian University not be able to explain this? That's embarrassing. Isn't it? Somebody spent a ton of money getting him a Ph.D., and I would be willing to bet that somewhere in the neighborhood of two years, three years ago, he would have been able to answer that. Uh, but today, he, he somehow that, uh, that knowledge has slipped through his fingers. The student who asked uh, this guy, this professor, uh, told the Daily, uh, uh, Daily Caller News Foundation... That they raised the question because of Matt Walsh's documentary titled What is a Woman? Where the Daily Wire political commentator goes around asking various professors, doctors, and regular people if they can tell him the definition of a woman. I'm a huge Matt Walsh fan. And I love his documentary, so it kind of just came to me, the student said. So I typed in the chat box, so what is a woman? The student said, the professor's answer was absurd and that the professor attempted to normalize separating gender from biolo biological sex. 
I think he really tried to make it seem like it's always been this way. But the reality is a recent new idea by people on the left. It's, it's crazy to think otherwise. The professor and his statement were taken out of context. But based on facts, not opinions, in a statement to, to the Daily Caller, uh, he was, uh, quote, trying to precisely define two different terms, biological sex versus gender. How, uh, how stupid can these people be? How can you go through 20-plus years of education and not know the difference, not be able to explain it? He knows the difference. He just doesn't want to say it out in public for fear of being demonized by the left, the woke left. So why? Why not? Why not expose it for what it is? It's it's mental illness. I don't understand the cowardice on the part of the Democrats. What are, they, are they looking? Are they so concerned about that one point two or whatever one percent of the population? Yeah. Uh, being alienated that they won't vote for them? What do you think? You think that that liberal bunch is going to vote Republican because you don't acknowledge their mental illness as normal? No, they're still going to vote Democrat. There's no reason for the stupidity. No reason whatsoever. Uh, also in the news, uh, Chuck, Lee, uh, Chuck Schumer. Uh, Democrat from New York, he is the majority leader, wanted to warn Americans that the Republicans who control the House of Representatives are, quote, threatening spending cuts. How dare them? How, yeah, how could you, what on earth could they be thinking? They're overspending by a couple of trillion dollars a year, and now they're thinking maybe they shouldn't? Oh, jeez, what is the matter with those members of the House? Oh, they need a checkup from the neck up. He uh, started out by noting that uh, Mitch McConnell uh, had made the point that the House of Representatives needs to act first on the debt limit. And then uh, he he said not only should the House go first, uh, they must show the American people what their plan actually is for avoiding a first ever default on the national debt. Well, I got to tell you, Schumer's right. Schumer needs, or the, the Republicans in the House need to define their goals. Don't just make it, you know, we want to cut spending. You paint the picture. I've talked about this before. I talked about it earlier today. Don't let the Democrats paint you. You paint you and paint them as extreme. Here's how you start to win that argument in the long run. You start off with coming up with things that the average American would say, yeah, that's stupid, cut it. Why are the Democrats holding out? There must be a ton of pork spending that doesn't make any sense today that most Americans would agree with. Will this make a real difference in the long run? Not in terms of the debt, but it will in terms of the mindset. Yeah, we'll still be going in debt. We'll still be spending more than we should by a long shot. But it says we're looking to cut common sense, easily cut programs. 
and the and the Democrats don't, and the president doesn't want to deal with this at all. You paint the picture. You come up with the cuts that you're going to make, and they can they don't have to be huge. <clears throat> they just have to be cuts that are indefensible. Uh, you, know, you know, denying the cut would be indefensible. Now the Democrats have to come back and say, "All right, we'll cut," and. If they don't, and you don't raise the debt limit, stick to your damn guns. Don't ever cave. Maybe you're only cutting a couple of hundred million dollars out of the entire federal budget, but you will have made the Democrats blink. You will have defined them as the extremist. That's how you win this war. That's how you start getting people to think in terms of, we need to cut spending. Then when you're doing the budget, do it the way you're supposed to. Don't do an omnibus bill at the end of the year. Don't do what the Republicans have done when they were in control, which is no different than what the Democrats did, and spend like drunken sailors. That's how you start winning. Republicans learn, have got to learn to paint the picture first and not let the Democrats paint them. Imagine just coming up with a couple of hundred million dollars in cuts. You know they're in that budget somewhere. You know there are. And you say, look, this is all we want. We want you to start cutting back on spending. In terms of the national debt, yeah, it's still going to grow. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a problem. But you've started them moving in the right direction. And then don't cave. Uh, Brian, where are we at here time-wise? We're about 20 seconds, time. yeah. Uh, 20 seconds, too late. All right. Uh, tomorrow morning, it's Gary on Guns. But right after I'm done, you got Glenn Beck. He's right behind me. And then uh, Sean Hannity will be with us. Randy Tobler will be with us. Uh, we got the we got the best talkers right here. So stay tuned. We'd love to have you uh, tomorrow morning. Gary on guns. Uh, Garson is going to be in from Graffs. Dale Robert, MoGunLaw.com, and uh, Chuck Basie, former state representative. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your life. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem, Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.